All right. Welcome, everyone, to the live Q&A. <laughs> this is Tuesday nights coming to you live from Johnson City. Um, to, you're going to notice that uh, I am not a familiar face on this podcast, nor am I really good at podcasting. Um, you might be more familiar with my older brother, Ben. Um, I'm his younger brother, Andy. I'm the physician assistant in Johnson City, and I'm so excited to host. You might notice a little uh, bee in the corner over here. Mama Bee is coming in to say hello here in a second. But um, I am very happy to be here because I haven't been online in forever. Y'all, I have taken a long hiatus from the social media, um, much to people's chagrin. But uh, I'm back. I can't wait. Um, I'm also not been. I'll tell you, too, this is kind of... Um, this is kind of like going back in time for me. Uh, the entire time I've worked in performance medicine, patients will come in and be like, hey, you're Dr. Rogers' son, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they go, the tennis player, right? The professional tennis player. And I go, no, not me. That's my brother, Ben. I did play tennis. We were, we were good, but not like that. But no, yeah, no, you're the tennis player. Your dad talks about you all the time. Nope, I'm the other forgotten son. And there's also the daughter over there too. But anyways, it feels good to be on. I have big shoes to fill. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, to, we've got some great comments, everyone. Oh, Grandma Mary, Kiki, she's in the hoose. Good to see your smiling face. Oh, Kiki, I love you. I miss you so much. Oh, Mark Milford. Oh, welcome to the family. I love it. Is this what being online feels like? Y'all, there's so many good people. Oh, God. Rhonda, Delyn, Barbara, Linda. Hello, everyone. Jasmine. Uh-oh, Jasmine in the hoose. Jasmine is in the house from Knoxville, our esthetician in Knoxville and Fountain City. Steve Nice, you are uh, an exemplary. Uh, um, you exemplify your name. Look at you. Nice. This is the nicest of nice. Oh, Rachel. Oh, no. Rachel's in. Rachel uh, gave me some pep talk before coming into this too, because I was very nervous. So uh, thank you for being here for moral support. So uh, Lisa, we got Lisa in the house and Terry Graybill. Oh, we got, y'all, we got a rowdy crowd. I think Molly's coming on here too, she told me. Rowdy crowd tonight. So too, we're going to go over to our banners too, because uh, we want to uh, kind of recap um, what we've been doing this week. So we've had Three um, podcasts and notes coming out this week. Medicine 3.0, improving your life with a common sense MD, Dr. Rogers. This note is really great because it's a review of some of the preventative medicine books that are out there. Outlive being one of them. A personal favorite of dad's or Dr. Rogers is Dr. Peter Atilia uh, or Atia. He's really, really amazing stuff. So he's going to go through some of those books with you. This particular book is Dr. Peter Atilia. Outlive the science of art of uh, the science and art of longevity. So be sure to check that out. Next up, oh Robin Riddle, oh Robin, Robin's amazing. Uh, Robin is our provider in the Knoxville Clinic in the West Knoxville Clinic. Um, she's going to be talking about uh, MK six seven seven. This is a part of the SARM category and explain this. Do not miss this one. This is a really really good podcast and review of what this particular medication looks like in intervention. And because you're going to see it, I've actually seen this with some young men in the gym playing around with MK677. So I think you need to read this because you're actually going to see it and your kids may be a little bit more familiar with it than you are. So be sure to check that out. Robin 
is one of the smartest individuals I know. We're lucky to have her. Oh, Lucas, look at that face. Who doesn't want to eat meat when you look at a face like that? Luke, Lucas Schmidt is our nutrition coach located in our Johnson City Clinic. His new podcast and video is on the modified carnivore diet, his grocery list on a modified carnivore diet. So too, this is kind of looking into Saladino MDs modified. So it's not strictly just meat, but adding in some fruits and honey. And Lucas is going to do a deep dive into what that looks like on the shopping cart. Too, you'll notice too, we're adding a new little flavor to our weight loss and medical nutrition lifestyle programs. So not only can you just book nutrition visits with one of our medical practitioners, you can book a package. So this is a premium weight loss package that focuses on having a medical provider and also a nutrition coaching. Honestly, I think everyone that comes in for nutrition weight loss should see our nutrition coach, Lucas. It's like, I, I tell this to patients all the time, we can push you down the hill with a medication in the right direction, but you're going to need a sled if you want to keep going down. You've got to have the right tools with you. And the right tools are going to be the right nutrition plan that's specific for you and also to the right movement plan. Everyone says diet and exercise. Most people think they do it well for what they know, but I think having accountability is better. So I would take advantage of that program. Perfect. It looks like we are ready to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, my dad, Dr. Rogers. <laughs> Dr. Rogers, welcome. Have I talked too much already? Andy, I thought Ben was wordy before you came on here. I, mean, I guess it's <laughs> maybe it is to everybody's chagrin that you're off face, you know, me, social media now. I don't know. But you're definitely not the lost son. You're definitely the superstar of the family. So. Oh, I'm I glad you're here. As you know, Ben's in Italy, so. Um, yeah, you gave him that time off, didn't you? That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I give you more time off than him, but, you know. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad you're hosting. Thank you, and hopefully we'll have a good show, run this great questions. Uh, thank you. As everybody knows, Andy's Mr. Personality. You've seen. <laughs> He'll start singing in the middle of visits, probably, but. Okay, um, too. Let's talk about that. Dad doesn't like to play music in the room, and he might say that I get a little off topic in the room. I think music adds a little bit of a little bit of flair, you know. Are you starting to play music more in the room? Uh, no, not really. Well, no. look at look at those guitars behind you. You're not breaking out one of those. I play middle. music by myself. You know. You know what? You know what they say. Music was meant to be shared. <laughs> That's a, this is a two. I feel like we're uh, going to start a new uh, show and new series about. Um, how do I do this? Old medicine, new medicine. Is that I right? The same direction, I think. But oh, did it really? Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to form a band. Though. I'll probably form a rock band at some point in my life. So you, look, Pop, you look good. Look at that face. These are what we call hashtag goals. Okay, we want faces <laughs> like that. Hey, too, before we get started into questions, did anything fun, interesting happen in the office? Um, we had a bunch of good new patients. I mean, we had just a wonderful day, like always, and a bunch of great patients. Did a lot of pellets, some IVs, and, you know, we just got a great group of people that we are able to, to help out, and they help us out, too, because we learn a lot from our patients as well. So We do. Um, I'm learning a lot. Yeah, I'm learning a lot more. Uh, past week, I've actually had a lot more um, lupus, 
like just like a lot of lupus symptoms with not a lot of designated labs, like the, some of the autoantibodies that are specific to lupus weren't positive, but these patients had every symptom. So kind of titrating what it looks like to do an autoimmune medical plan or medical intervention without going to a rheumatologist just yet. Like, what do you do before going on a biologic or a DMARD? Um, so we've been doing a lot of that this week, which is interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. good, good. Nice. Um, are we ready for a question? It looks like I'm getting a note from the sound booth that we're ready for questions. Yes. Uh, so first question coming up in the queue. Um, here the question is still curious about the Allergana ingredients. That's something I'm curious about too. I think that was from last week. I couldn't find much information on that. I'm still looking, but I can't help you on that yet. Um, interesting. It's supposed to be a homeopathic um, medication for allergies, but I suppose to mimic uh, Allegra, but I'm still kind of trying to find out. I haven't been able to, to find anything le legitimate about it. Again, I'm not against homeopathic medications, but I just haven't been able to find it. Somebody else had gotten on and they had said it worked well for them. So like I said last week, um, you know, it's, it's certainly not going to hurt you. Um, I don't think any homeopathic medicine is going to hurt you, but um, we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. Again, if, again, if anybody has more information than I do, um, we'll look into it. But, you know, not really being a homeopathic physician, I don't know as much as a lot of uh, nature paths and things that sort about this type of medication. But um, like I told you last week, try it and just see if it, it helps you. I don't know what ingredients are in it. Do, do you have any particular, I think it's helpful whenever we go to homeopathic natural, how long do you give it? Do you give it one month, two months, three months before you say, eh, didn't really work? Um, I, if you're not improving in a couple of weeks, you know, I would think that maybe it's not going to work for you. Yeah. Two, I, I looked up this company too. From what I read, it was really brief looking into it. They, they use it per your location. So it's yeah. almost like they can add it. So it's like, yeah. I do yeah. think that matters with allergies. I moved yeah. to California, lived in LA for three years. When I came back, it felt like I got hit by a Mack yeah. truck. And two, so it matters the location. So using the natural, like what's in your environment, where you're located in the world yeah. or in the United States works. So I think the theory behind that as well, that's the same way with food. When you look at Gundry's protocol, it's food endemic to your area you're eating bananas and oranges all the time in Minnesota, that's not really, your gut wasn't really built for that. So yeah. I think that, I think the idea behind it, if, if yeah. I were I think to tell right. us, try it out. Zone two, I think, but you know, um, that's really interesting. That's why I always like, you know, local raw unfiltered honey that's, that's made within 70, 80 miles of where you live. Is that also what you like to put on all that sourdough bread from Blackbird Bakery? I mean, um, occasionally for a treat, yes, I do. For a treat, or I do like sourdough, or like Steve Nice has got me making sourdough bread. So yeah, it's actually amazing. It's amazing. No, it's good. I've had some. I've had the privilege of having those first few batches. Whew. Yeah, baking up. Okay, next question. Uh, thank you for submitting these questions. By the way, these are really interesting. I got to go over these earlier. So this is a, a three-parter, so hang tight for this. 
So excited that after a full year of working on my hormones, my estradiol finally made it to 49. What, what? I have heard you say that 60 to 80 is best. So will it continue to rise at my current dosage or would I likely need to increase the dosage slightly again? And I do have an appointment coming up soon, but would always love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes it's, that's the hardest one to build up is, is estradiol in people. You know, I don't know if it's because of absorption or the way that estrogens are metabolized. Um, but I mean, the important thing is to look at the estrogen or estradiol to progesterone ratio. And you know, the, that's a number 60 to 80 is typically where I aim for. But, um, you know, it's, I really go more by symptoms and ratios than I do an absolute number. So, you know, if you're doing great, we may bump it up just a little bit. Um, you know, when you're using a cream, sometimes if, if I'm not getting a good reading on the blood test, then I'll do a, a salivary a hormone panel. Look at look at that. That's probably more representative of tissue levels anyway. It's just more expensive and there are a lot of variables. I prefer the, the blood test, but sometimes the purists that use creams prefer salivary testing. Um, but uh, that's wonderful news. I'm, I'm glad you're you're finally getting it up there a little bit. And again, it's not a huge concern as long as you're on taking a good dose of it and your symptoms are, are good. Um, you're getting estrogen. So we'll look at that progesterone ratio as well. And if, it, if the progesterone is too high, it'll keep your estradiol level down. So yeah, I look forward to seeing you and we'll, we'll probably tweak it a little bit. Um, to an, another thing on that, um, the ratio that I've heard is 10 to one. I know sometimes we go with mm -hmm. 60 to 80 for estrogen, progesterone one to four. Um, I've heard 10 to one for ratio. Even to note that when you're on creams, that's a biased. It's two forms of estrogen. So you're not just getting estradiol. You're getting estriol yeah. as well right. in an 80-20 combo unless it's designated 50-50. So right. you're still getting other forms of estrogen yeah, too. Exactly right. Some women too, I have some women in my clinic that actually like to live at a little bit higher estrogen doses and they notice it with their skin. That's yeah. That's what they go off. They notice that their skin is tighter with higher estrogen. What I love about this is that these values are variable. It's all dependent on who is getting estrogen and how it affects you. Yeah. And I like the pellets. I don't think I've had anybody. I couldn't get the level up with a pellet. Right. Have you? No, no pellets. Oh, I, I say never discount hormones until you try a pellet for females, for females at least. Men, I'm 50, 50 on pellets, but women, nine times out of 10, pellets the way to go. No, no. Great question. We look forward to having you come in. Next question, third one. In the Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism Journal, it suggests a new recommendation of the upper limit optimal level of serum around 125 nanomoles per liter or 40 to 50 nanograms per milliliter among healthy and diseased. This is vitamin D level, serum oh, vitamin, vitamin D. D. So, what are your thoughts on this change? Do you think this change is based on the 25, it's 25 OHD or 25 vitamin D information obtained during the pandemic? So they're level, they're recommending what levels again? I didn't see that. 40 to 50. Oh, um, no, I like it about 60 to 80, 100 even. Um, you know, again, you're not going to get into problems with vitamin D unless you get well over a hundred for a long time. And that's if you have kidney stones or 
you know, but I, I just rarely see a problem with it. Um, all I've had a couple pe people that were not on any vitamin D and their levels were 140 and they went wow. out in the summer really? all the time either. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but, um, uh, but really I like a little bit higher level. Again, when you look at, uh, endocrinology and, and some of those, I mean, they're, they're really pretty conservative. Look at your recommended doses of any vitamin. They call it an RDA. And to us integrated med medical practitioners, we call that really dumb advice. That's the RDA. <laughs> it's based on scurvy and rickets and some of those things. So, you know, you're, you're not going to, you have a very hard time getting too much vitamin D. You could since it's fat soluble, but it'd be really hard uh, to overdose. And unless you're a really little kid, the only overdoses I've ever heard of that made people sick was in babies. And they, you know, it's, how it's per drop and the parents were giving them dropper fools yeah. and they could get toxic. But um, I like to keep the level a little higher. Again, the stuff I follow is just probably a little more optimal. Um, so, I mean, that's why when somebody got COVID or even gets sick with anything, we give them 50,000 units a day for the first five days, sometimes 150,000. Yeah. So we push the doses a little bit. And this is in comparison to, for if anybody doesn't know these recommendations, most laboratory values are going to say be around 30 or above 30. Yeah. Um, so this increases it by about 10 to 20 points. Um, you can see the upper limit of normal, like high, high readings usually are going to say anything over 100 or some labs I've seen over 130. I mean, this normal is 30 to 50, right? I mean, you want optimal, which is going to be up there. And two, D3 different than D2. D3 is animal derived. It's actually going to fully bind to the receptor and give you an accurate reading. D2, and so many people go on high doses of D2 that's plant derived and prescription. Those will falsely and weakly bind the, the receptor and not give you an accurate reading. Yeah. So we I always really take people off D2, yep. you know, 50,000 a week of D2, a prescription medicine. Just get off that. It's not the right type of D. Just get on five, maybe 10,000 a day. D with K, remember that and vitamin K2. Do you still your levels? Do you still recommend K2 for age specific or anybody? Um, well, particularly people over 40. Got it. Okay. You know, a young kid probably doesn't need the K2, but right. Is that why your skin's glowing? <laughs> I see a little glow. Maybe it is. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Well, that's hey, that's great. Thank you so much for that question and also keeping us up to date on what this looks like. The pandemic allowed us to see a lot about what natural vitamins, uh, natural over-the-counter supplements can do. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot more over the next couple of years too, about what the pandemic really, what came out of that. So that's very interesting. Next questions. What are your thoughts on methotrexate? You know, when people have autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, that type of thing, you know, a lot of times if the, if the anti-inflammatories aren't working, they'll, they'll hit you up with methotrexate, which is a really a chemotherapeutic drug. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it probably works in a lot of cases, but you can get tolerant to it. Plus there's a lot of side effects. So that would be, you know, something that I kind of shy away from But And some people you have to go on something like that if it's really severe. And then if that doesn't work, you have to try a trial of that maybe and then go to something like a biologic like Humira or something like that. So it's not 
my first choice. Again, a lot of times you can look at other things like low-dose naltrexone. You know, we recently got somebody off of methotrexate and then Humira, a patient that 40-year-old female had rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, and she got off both of them and just taking LDN is working great with you know, total remission. Uh, that's not every case, but a look at LDN, very safe, very effective alternative than going with a heavy hitter like methotrexate that can make you feel pretty sick. That's your thought? Okay, so yeah, methotrexate, whenever you're looking at something that's with your immune system, you're looking how to tamper down a hyperactive immune system. That's what all these drugs do when you hear about Humira, Simpson, Remicade, Skyrezy, Embrol. You're looking at stuff that decreases a hyperactive immune system. Everything goes down. That's the biologic class. Methotrexate, you're right. It's used for other stuff too. And I believe in like spontaneous abortions, they can use methotrexate. That's part of it too, not for the pushing, but it messes with DNA. It's a DMARD class. So you got a lot of gnarly side effects from methotrexate. I personally was offered methotrexate at one point for psoriasis when I really bad flares and it I paused and I didn't do, I didn't do it. I chickened out. But you have to monitor liver function enzymes. You have to, you're, there can be liver toxicity. And there's a lot of side effects that come from it. I think there can be a lot of positives, but you really got to weigh your risk benefits. If it's my personal opinion, try everything else before you go on that. And two, there are ways to kind of work around. Not If you're like, hey, I really want to be on a biologic. I know that Skyreezy is going to work because my brother and sister are on it. Or same way with Humira. You can, a lab value with elevated liver enzymes will say you're contraindicated for methotrexate. So I know mm-hmm. some, sometimes you can get a CMP that says liver enzymes are elevated and it can, and it can contraindicate you from taking it. That's my least, I'm going to tell you, that's honestly my least favorite of any of them. Yeah. Um, and you can develop antibodies too to some of the biologics you go on. So trying something LDN modulates your mu- immune system positively without decreasing all your immune systems. It's specific against interleukins. It's kind of a no harm, no foul. So I like trying that out too. Even when you're thinking about methotrexate, think about what you're doing it for. There's other treatments that are going for autoimmune disease like doxycycline, 100 milligrams a day, hydroxychloroquine, methylene blue, um, going on um, specific autoimmune protocols for nutrition. There's a lot of stuff that you can try. Even natural flavonoids work against interleukins. I actually looked at mechanism of action of Humira. Like, what does it work against? It's interleukins. And Mm -hmm. certain flavonoids, luteolin, um, Mm -hmm. uh, ubiquinol, is it ubiquinol is another flavonoid? Like, you can find a lot of flavonoids that I'd try out all the naturals you can. But also risk benefit, if you're ready to go for it, go for it. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't want to take it, but you have to get it filled in order to move on to the next one, what you can do is go ahead and get it filled. And then, you know, as you throw it in your mouth, it goes behind you and you can say you tried it. <laughs> or two, drink a bunch of alcohol before checking a CMP, pop up mm-hmm. that liver enzyme and say, okay, that was terrible <laughs> advice. I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. That, that did not come from me. We're either. kidding about all this. but I um, redact that. I redact yeah. that. Um, okay. Last question. So two, we're at the end of the questions that came through this week. Um, I would like to tell all the, this is, the note I'm getting from Soundbooth, um, tell the listeners to put their questions in the comment sections and we'll get to those immediately. 
But um, too, it looks like we already got some comments coming in. I hope it's on how good my hair looks. Do you see this quaff? Last question. <laughs> Can um, so true. Annie's hair is the best. Molly, oh Hi. Molly, good golly, Miss Molly, beloved. Um. Can inflammation, let's go to our last question. Can inflammation cause a false positive MTHFR gene uh, mutation test? If so, what is the treatment? I don't know how anything could affect a, a gene test, do you? I mean, you, you either got it or you don't. I don't think there's any false positives. I mean, um, I don't Genetics know. Are, genetics are through and through. And see, that's something important to know that when you get repeat Clevelands, we do a lot of Cleveland panels that include an MTHFR gene mutation test along with APOE. You don't need to repeat those. They don't change. I just too, I just learned my blood type. You know, listeners, audience, I didn't know my blood type. Like Congratulations. what? Oh, negative. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the universal donor. Um, there's several there's several reasons they don't want my blood, though. That's okay. That's for another time, another topic. Um, but two, well, uh, it doesn't change. Just like your blood type, it doesn't change. So inflammation is not going to cause a, a false positive. But maybe we can talk a little bit about what comes, what test should we be looking for with a positive MTHFR mutation? I'm always looking at B vitamins, homocysteine, CRP. What do you look for when you look for a positive test and what might you look for intervention should it, you have a positive mutation? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same thing. I use I look at the same stuff. You know, it's really important to know what your methylation uh, mutations are. At least half of us have at least one. So, um, you know, it can be a risk factor. I mean, having a high homocysteine level is probably worse than having a high cholesterol level, yet nobody looks at it. I, mean, you, I bet, I bet 90% of your cardiologists don't even know what it is. Um, I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's never drawn. I never knew homocysteine before. Sorry. You'll hear the dogs in the background too. They, uh, they agree with your assessment on homocysteine. Thank you. Does that mean when they bark three times, that means yes. And then. Yeah, that's okay. true. Yeah. Scrappy just had his check. So yeah. Oh. Okay. Anyway, but, but uh, to, I, I do have a quick question. Give, give the audience members, I'm sure they've heard this before, a one sentence, one sentence about MTHFR. There, there's a great video we have online. Robin Riddle and Explain This goes over MTHFR and APOE. They're very complicated. Do you have a one sentence like why check MTHFR? Is it cardiac? Well, Z, like, like, well, yeah, there's, if you have a specific mutation of it, like I do, I have a double mutation in it. It's really a risk factor for heart disease, um, blood clotting, uh, miscarriages, um, ability to detox. Um, it all has, it's very complicated, but it all has to do with that methionine homocysteine cycle. And basically it's your inability, if you have it, it's your inability to turn folic acid into methylfolate, which is so helpful for many things, including brain function. So check it out. So there's certain things you want to do that are really simple if you have that mutation, um, you know, but it's very complex. I think it took me, you know, years to really fully kind of understand it and what to worry about and what not to, but it's great to check. And check on every Cleveland different do having different alleles having different mutations. i mean there's you can have a double mutation in two different alleles um 
And so that means different things. That video that Robin has is really amazing. Yeah, great um, video on that. Great questions. We're running right at 28 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, from the sound booth, we're going to take some of your live questions. Let's get to the... <laughs> just got a note here that says, let's get to the questions in the comments. Thank you guys for 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 putting the questions in. This is great. Right from the sound booth, direct. So two, first question in from One Step Forward. Mom wrote an album called One Step Forward, Two Steps Back. I like it. Sorry, sound booth, two steps forward, three. I was on that album. It's okay. We'll sing it for you later. One step forward. I love that. Moving forward. Before getting a second CP, uh, CBP for minerals and vitamins to get a clear picture of where your body is, should you stop taking supplements before a test? If so, how long? And is there a goal of getting nutrients from food? Um, Gosh, you can do it either way. If you're set into a a supplement protocol, you can just see if you're doing fine. You know, I, I suppose that it would be more accurate to see where your inherent deficiencies lie if you stopped them for a month. Um, what's your feeling about that? I mean, I don't get to ask that much. I think it's, I, I do, I do get asked that. I think it's all in the eye of the beholder. So if you want to know if you're on good set of vitamins, check and see if you're absorbing any of those. So I think it's either going to be a test for the vitamins you're on, either dosage or brand. If you, I'm going to say, I do, if you're taking a bunch of stuff and you don't know why, it might be nice to just say, take a clean break from all those, check and see where you are deficient and then tailor your vitamins. I do get a lot of people say, I don't know. Honestly, sometimes they'll be like, I saw it on the podcast. I'm on... I'm on a truckload of vitamins and I don't know why. It's like, well, you can kind of pick through and get the most important ones. I do think it's for, uh, this is a great statement at the end of this, goal of getting nutrients from food. So I did this program called Up With People. Dad, do you remember my stint in Up With People? Yeah, yeah. You went to and You went all over the place, yeah. Did, yeah. All over the world. So, um, to many of you, it's not a cult. Okay. It's, um, it's a, it's a singing traveling group, kind of like the circus that travels around the world. I'm kidding. It's a volunteer group it has an amazing show, but all people from people from around the world, all come together and do the show and do volunteer service. So I'm an American, I'm one of the Americans. And so I have a truckload of vitamins because it's scary here. So I'm on my truckload of vitamins and I'll never forget, I was sitting on the bus with one of my friends from Nepal. And she was so confused as to why I was taking vitamins. And I was, she's like, why are you taking vitamins? What are those? I was like, oh, they're vitamins. They're good for you. And I didn't know why. I was 19. I didn't know why I was taking them. And she said, shouldn't you get that from the food you eat? I was like, actually, yeah, she's if right. Can, if can, it's just about impossible to do it. But that's um, what we know that'd be ideal. Ideal. You're 100% right. Ideal is getting it from your food. I will tell you that it's impossible to do that in America. Same group of people, all the Europeans that came and ate the same food gained so much weight. They ate the same food that the Americans did. All the Europeans gained food and gained weight. And I had no, I was like, and just must be you or you're eating something that I'm not. And they said, no, it's your food in America. And now 15 years later, they're right. Our food is way different. They've done food studies on organic foods from Whole Foods. It's half and a third of the nutrition that we had before World War II. 
So the organic head of broccoli is not having the vitamins and minerals it used to. Our soil is different. And also too, our farming practices are very new. Europe and these in these countries, Middle Eastern countries, they've had farming techniques and practices and have tilled that soil for cent centuries and centuries, like millennium. We haven't. So that's our food sourcing is way different. It's that is the goal, but I think it's an I think it's it's a highfalutin goal. I, I don't think it's achievable in America. I think Europe probably, but I think absolutely vitamins are necessary and test them either way. Test the vitamins you're on or test and see what your deficiencies are without. It's a great question. That's a very good question. Uh, as a matter of fact, a patient today told me to look at this uh, documentary on Netflix called The Magic Pill. I think that was the name of it. I'm going to watch it. But apparently there's a a tribe somewhere in maybe in Africa, very healthy tribe of warriors. And um, they, they brought the American diet and just wanted to see what would happen to them if they ate what we did. They all got sick, developed the disease and, and all this. It was apparently a good documentary, The Magic Pill. I think it's on Netflix or Prime, but I'm gonna watch it. Is it, it. sponsored by Manjaro? <laughs> Sponsored by Performance Medicine. Oh God, yeah, that's good. That yeah, that's that sounds terrifying, but I'll I'll watch it. I'm I'm looking for a scary movie. So, okay, next question: Is there a solid site to get nutrition information of food, vegetables and fruit, etc., to build a healthy diet? There's so much mixed information on the internet. Awesome show. Thank you, Rhonda. It's a great show. It's a great comment. Glad you're live here. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are. Talk to Lucas. Um, he's the most knowledgeable nutritionist I've ever seen. There's some, you're right, there's so many different thoughts about it. Plus, everybody's metabolism is different. If, you know, I just got through reading Dr. Atia's book, and he talks a lot about that and how it's impossible to run a placebo-controlled double-blind study on different kind of diets because everybody's metabolism, their gut milieu is different. Um, so... I don't know. You know, it's just different for everybody. What is good for you may not be good for another person, but because um, there's so much good stuff. I love the carnivore diet. I like a modified keto diet. I like the Mediterranean diet. You know, overall, most people would probably recommend that one as being a good all-around diet, the Mediterranean. Um, you know, then you have Atkins, which is basically a keto diet. But it's so different. Um, you know, the amount of macros you need. There's so much difference of opinion, you know, and it just depends on your weight, how much you work out. One thing I'll tell you, most people, I don't think get enough protein yeah. um, and enough good fats. And most people eat too many carbs. Um, so I try to make it as simple as I can for the person, you know, as far as their lifestyle goes and for most of my patients i end up putting them on a lowered carb higher fat higher protein diet and have them do some intermittent fasting i mean we were meant to feast or fast we weren't meant to um you know graze all day um otherwise but, we uh, eat cows yeah and it depends on your gut i mean you're talking about vegetables some people can't digest vegetables plants don't like to be eaten bottom line Hey, so what do you think about um, Fran, our uh, practitioner over with me in Johnson City? God, I love Fran. Y'all, if y'all have not met Fran, 
you will love her. My friend Fran, she's the bomb. And two, she practices what she preaches too. She's very into blood type diet. Have you heard of it? That's why I drew my blood type. We were all interested to see. Yeah. Like, we took a poll. No one guessed I was O negative, but O negative has a particular nutrition plan. And it says that the blood that's supporting the gut actually changes some of the way that you metabolize certain foods. There's literally a yes, maybe no list for every blood type. Yeah. And I'll, she swears by it. She's, she's done well with it. I've had people that really like it. Um, you know, in the end, any diet works, any diet can fail if you quit it. Yeah, so get, some, get something that you can stick to that's reasonable because you're going to probably eat stuff off your diet at times. But um, it's really interesting. I'll tell you, Lucas is the most, he's the, if you really struggle with it, um, come by and get some handouts from Lucas. He's, yeah. because there's so many different types. I hate to lump it all in one. I like Gundry. Some people go to Gundry's site, which isn't bad, but. But too, there's a guy that says the opposite of Gundry. That actually, I mean, some some lectins are good for you. Gundry yeah. is a lectin-free diet, which just means it's the group that includes glutens that can escape. Like if you have like it can escape your gut, like and go like this and wreak havoc in your immune system. And your immune system sees these little proteins as foreign, which is why gluten-free is, is a trend, but also works well for some people. My 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 answer to this would be definitely see someone and have them come up with a plan that you trust and has a medical background or is in a medical facility because your nutrition is going to be specific to your med medical condition where you are lucas is always or to, lucas for us or someone like him is going to be very good about finding where to get these certain things and building a grocery list which i think is great so he has a lot of stuff available too. My favorite website of any of them is Dr. Fung Nephrology, F-U-N-G. He is a, a Canadian nephrologist that is big into intermittent fasting. It's a really great one for insulin resistance. He's kind of in the keto a little bit too. Or you could go to Salandino, the carnivore yep. code writer. He's really good. But find somebody that's really up to date because most of your nutritionists and dietitians are really they're practicing from years ago. I'll give you a good example. I had a patient not too long ago that was in the hospital for an elective procedure, happened to be a type two diabetic. And they came into my office the day they got out of the hospital for follow-up. And so I asked her, how are your, your sugar levels in the hospital? Um, and she goes, well, they were, they were pretty high and, uh, which is not unusual stress of surgery. will pop your sugars up a little bit. So I said, well, they knew you were a diabetic and, and all. Did they have the, the uh, dietitian talk to you? And um, yeah, she said, yeah. She came up to my room twice and I was on a diabetic diet. So I said, well, did you eat breakfast in the hospital this morning before you left? She goes, yeah, I ate my breakfast. I said, I go, what was it? And she goes, um, one egg, two pieces of toast with jelly, and uh, a cup of orange juice. That's a little bit too many carbs. That's a terrible diabetic diet. But it was approved by the hospital. I mean, that's, that's how backward they are. Did you know, did you know, I had a patient go to, she is um, from Asia. She is from South Korea and she went to Vietnam for um, a cosmetic procedure. And so she went, she looked great. They are very specific about nutrition post-op they will not allow you to eat any seafood and you only eat pork. 
and you, they said you won't scar after that. Like they take that time to say these are the only things, and you're served that like as you're in your post-op treatment. Really like nutrition is important. In the same way with what Fran, uh, so we've talked a lot about that at the office, which apparently she is watching. Fran, Andy, Fran is watching. I do feel special. Fran's oh, watching. Fran, Fran. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Friends, she's doing push-ups while she's watching this yeah, too. She's, she's working out. She's doing orange theory. She's oh, doing orange. Theory. She's rowing right now while she's doing this. Yeah. We, we talk a lot about too. A lot of other countries put a lot of emphasis on blood type. We don't. We don't put a lot maybe of emphasis really? on nutrition. Maybe, in you know, maybe we should should do it more. But um, but like it just goes to say that I think man, nutrition is important. What you put in your body matters. It totally right. matters. It matters more than anything, probably. Although Dr. Atiyah says exercise is more important. I think diet's more important personally, but that, that's funny because you're mentioning that about, you know, what you eat and how everybody's different. Um, everybody has a little different ideas on that. So what works for you may not work for another person, yep. but um, it's just really, really interesting. I love trying to help people figure things out as far as, because if they're overweight, if they're hungry, if they're craving carbs, something's off. They have metabolic syndrome. Yep. Um, you know, another thing, if you ever get an elective surgery, talking about post-op surgery, if you ever have an elective surgery, make sure your vitamin D level is good going into the surgery. Mm -hmm. I actually have a good friend who's a hand surgeon, and he wouldn't operate on you unless your vitamin D level is over 50. Yeah. Not operate on you, because you won't heal as well. Yeah makes a difference. Um, all these comments are so nice, y'all. I'm reading through all these about my hair, Austin Butler. Thank you, Molly. Um, this is great stuff, y'all. Ben said I was funny. God, that's all I wish for in life. I can quit now. I do. You, you have totally beefed that up and I'm right. <laughs> I don't care about anything else. I don't care if we get any of this stuff, right? I just want to be fine. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have so I appreciate you guys tuning in and, and, and chatting. This is see Ben, ben doesn't think I'm funny. Neither does Katie. You know they both think I'm not funny at all. Zero fun, sir. Yes, <laughs> we will do. <laughs> have you seen that part from uh, Remember the Titans where he goes, "Yeah, yes, sir." Zero fun, sir. Yes. Okay. Um, Dad also calls the Johnson City Clinic JV. He says varsity is over in Kingsville. Well, you know, JV is Johnson City. You if have to start somewhere. Than us you freshman have... class, we're having fun. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. We're getting the we're getting we're getting the um we're getting the kegs out. We're having fun. <laughs> we're throwing barn dances. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, note from the sound booth. We have another question coming in. Thank you so much from Chuck Ellis. What is your opinion on using Boswellia DMSO collagen and eggshell membrane for joint pain and possibly cartilage regeneration? Yeah, um, that's Boswellia is very good for. Um, is an anti-inflammatory. DMSO is a compound that just gets it in there. I assume you're talking about putting it on topically. Um, collagen's good. Eggshell membrane, a lot of people, I haven't used that particular one, but I don't know if, you know, if you're having it compounded or what, but those are all good. The only thing I would warn you about with DMSO is it makes stuff go in there. And so that's why the FDA doesn't like it because one time, somebody put it over a lot of their joints and they were working in uh, a strawberry field or somewhere and there's all kinds of pesticides and 
the pesticides got in the bloodstream because of the DMSO, drew it in, and it killed them. So that's not going to happen to you. But just be careful about, you know, going out and spraying Roundup on anything and having DMSO in uh, on your body. But uh, yeah, that, that sounds like it would really probably help. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's going to grow a lot of cartilage. I'll tell you what grows cartilage that I love is is PRP injections. Yeah, and I've had both my knees done. It's just amazing. Next best thing to stem cells is is PRP, and it's your own blood. It works good, but I'd certainly be willing to try that myself. I've used some DMSO. I've, I've used all that except for eggshell membrane, personally. No, too. You're saying all this is topical, not oral. That's what it sounds like. Okay. Um, I'm just curious. I do, yeah, I do. I do, um, I do an oral collagen. Those collagen gummies. Oh God, those collagen gummies are the bomb. Yeah, I like yes. the keto collagen um, powder. I like that a lot. Um, we got some more because too we're running out of time. Well, no, we're not. We're doing great. We're doing great, y'all. Grab a drink. Let's have some wine here. Good for the heart. Okay, there is growing evidence of an association. But Mark Milford, my man, Mark. There's growing evidence of an association between COVID-19 infection and systemic lupus erythematous. That's, that's true. COVID's inducing a lot of autoimmunity in people. I've actually seen a lot of type 1s, yeah. type 1 diabetics come out of COVID-19. Yeah. yeah, didn't you see two in one one week? Week. 30-year-old girls? Yes, and 50, and 50-year-olds. 50 yeah. With yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think it's really kicked off a lot of autoimmune issues and that's why one reason we use LDN on anybody that has long COVID. Um, there's a lot of methylene blue, um, but you're exactly right. It kicked off a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, too. And a lot of too, looking at that COVID long hauler stuff, um, there is information online from the frontline doctors that does talk a lot about what you can do naturally for COVID long hauler type symptoms. Um, and to believe in is ivermectin over the counter still in Tennessee. It is. Yeah. Tennessee, that's a great resource too. So the, the human dose ivermectin that you can get is, is available. So I think utilizing as much of that as possible. Is great. You mean ivermectin for humans as well? What? I've never done that before. I thought that was a horse animal. That's what the FDA put. Listen, if I could run like a horse, I would take a lot of ivermectin. I'd be fine. <clears throat> I could be built like a horse. Yeah, I'll take some more ivermectin. So. Well, I am built like a horse. And yeah, ivermectin is a human medicine. We use it in little kids for, for scabies. I mean, yeah. it's a very safe medication. Safe. Um, for that matter, so is hydroxychloroquine. Sure. You know. Um, we got another comment here from Jordan Carter, 67 pounds down on Ozempic. What, what? Where, 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 where? Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's also too, I was hoping to remember December, that's seven months out. You've kept that off. Not only have you gotten that down, you've kept that off. Um, Ozempic, the GLP-1 class, Manjaro, the GIP class, those those are those are good for a reason. So that's that's um those are medicines of this century, in my opinion. There's nothing that comes close. <laughs> the doctor looks built. Dang. Hey, thank you, Mo Real hair jeans going on you. Y'all, listen, we're not gonna lose the shirt's this hair. tight. The shirt's tight. <laughs> uh, no, thanks for all these comments. These are really, really great. I got hair jeans too, Andy. 
Huh? Where are they? Oh, I'm kidding. Sure. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, too. You got those little flakes. Those are nice right there. Those little hair. Those little, oh. Yeah. yeah. No, we need to get a little product in there. Um, but that's okay. We'll, we'll work on that later. I read an article. This is from Steve Nice. I've read an article about um, metabolomics. I might be saying that right. Metabolomics. Metabolomics. Testing that can assess what effect supplements have on the body, if any. Are you using any testing of this type in your practice? Man, that's great. No, are you using it? No, I have. We haven't used them. Um, but yeah, I mean they're out there. There's no doubt that they're out there. There's all kinds of cool stuff out there. The problem with it is sometimes they're costly, and you know, I'm just not sure yet the quality control on those. You know, because sometimes you get two different companies, you get two different results. But um, yeah, I think it's the future. I think. Gene testing is the future too. I mean, every, everybody responds differently to supplements and foods and everything. Um, we're going to have to get used to artificial intelligence. I think it's going to take over. There's no doubt. We're um, going to be ready for it. Terrifying. Terrifying. Terrifying in what? one way. Um, A robot to take care. That's true. You got to pick and choose with AI. But um, if you ask that Chad GPT, you know that chat GPT, the one that can like write mm -hmm. an essay for you? Yeah. It's banned in certain countries. Yeah. It also is going to predict the end of like, there's a certain point when artificial intelligence will start to take over humanity. If you ask it the right way, it'll tell you the year. I'm not all about that life. I'm not. No, I don't avoid that, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be, it's here. It's here. I mean, it's here. Technology. It's going to affect medicine as much as anything, I think. But it'll be, I actually think for medicine, it's going to be really great because too, you can use a lot of those programs can actually detect cancers a lot sooner and with a keener eye than the human can. Oh, definitely. So I think it's actually, it's going to catch medication errors too. So I think it can read x-rays way better than radiologists can. I'm telling you, um, that's, that's where it's useful. But I mean, there's also that clinical correlation that you need to look at. You can't get so mechanical about it that otherwise you'd be working everything up. You have to use some common sense and clinical judgment. Uh, but you know, so there is still use for us humans. Yeah. Uh, well, Hey Robin, how you doing girl? Glad you're here. Thanks for popping on. I, I told her I needed some support today. Um, on medicine 3.0, this is from Mark again. You mentioned the four horsemen of chronic disease, atherosclerotic disease, cancer, neurodegenerative disease, and foundational disease. Can all of these be considered autoimmune related? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think some nutritional too. Like yeah, you can certainly consider it all nutritional. Think um, about the PUFAs with cardio, uh, cardiovascular atherosclerotic disease. I mean, if you yep. look at the studies looking at introduction of PUFAs into the American diet, through the roof. Yeah, there's a huge gut-brain connection, and you know most of your immune system is located in your gut, so. Definitely neurodegenerative diseases for sure. And that's really more the focus of the book than, than the other ones. But, um, you know, all of them have a similar thread. They really do. And it, it causes inflammation. Inflammation causes all diseases. So you could, you could definitely pin it on that if you take it back to the, the root cause. You, you probably could claim that because foods can react. Autoimmune disease means your body's kind of turning on itself a little bit. And your yeah. body has amazing healing powers on its own. It's just when we screw it up by 
living in a toxic environment, putting toxic foods in our body, not sleeping, stress is a toxin. So in a way, if you want to get to the root cause, you probably, Mark's probably right on. He always takes it to the, I mean, Mark's a brilliant guy. It's on. Yeah, and two, DMSO can pull dye out of your clothing into your blood. Yeah, wow. It's wow. powerful stuff. It's powerful yeah. stuff. Um, From Teresa. Oh, Teresa, Teresa Hinkle, my girl. I went I to Lucas. Start singing. I knew. I oh, Teresa, I love it. D Teresa, I still have. Um, uh, God, what is it? Um, it's from the Wiggles. I still have that song. Is like favorited. It's fruits and fruits and something on my phone. We play a lot of music, but anyways, Teresa, I went to Lucas a couple weeks ago, and he was a great help. I'm already feeling better and have more energy. That's awesome. That is awesome. Two, food matters. Food matters. And having someone in there that can help you out with that to delineate what to do is great. Um, two, um, from K, what is LDN? LDN okay. is low-dose low dose, low dose K. Um, it's a great, it's a, a lot of, a trend in medicine right now is repurposing medicines. And naltrexone in higher doses meant to be an anti-alcohol, anti-opioid, actually an anti-appetite like appetite suppressant, a weight loss drug. Lower doses positively uh, modulates the immune system. Uh, it decreases and focuses on interleukins, but it's low dose naltrexone. Doses differing from, correct me if I'm wrong, like the how high can regular naltrexone go? 50 to 300? 100. Yeah, 100 is the usual dose. We can go up to 200. I've never used it at 300, but you could. But low dose means one milligram, three milligram, maybe 4.5. Yeah. I put somebody up today on six milligrams. I've done as high as eight. I'll tell you one time I doubled my four and a half on a whim for three nights in a row. I vividly remembered my dreams. Yeah. Whoa, Nelly went back and forth. Yeah. Four and a half. It was fine. yeah. You um, if it makes you dream, the only side effect I've ever seen for from it is more dreaming, meaning more REM sleep, which is good, but some people don't like the vivid dreams. Just take it during the day. Yeah, that'll get rid of it. Yeah. A few more because we're close up to our hour. Coal Miner's Daughter. God, I need to know that song. That's uh, um, Loretta Lynn. Yeah. I, uh, from the sound booth, can you give me something? No, mm -hmm. no, nope, nope, I don't know. I'll, I'll get back to you on that song. I'll sing you personally in my key. Lots of young girls I know developed tachycardia or POTS after COVID. That's true. We have seen a lot of that too. Yeah. Um, and two, there's a lot of, two. if so, if you're dealing with that, you should see Brooke. You should see Brooke in our red house. She is an advocate. Brooke, I'm your number. <laughs> Brooke, I'm your number one fan. Do you see this face? This is a face done by Brooke. I'm a month in my Botox. And look at that. You don't oh, even have a wrinkle. Oh, it's like a nice gentle massage. All Plus your hair's growing more. Yep. Listen, we got meds for that, okay? We do. Um, two, uh, but Brooke, please see Brooke for, for the POTS tachycardia. That there's a lot of stuff that you can do. You can do electrolytes for that. Um, there's um, another one that's specific for um, um, bimphothiamine for POTS. So there's a lot that you can do. And Brooke is amazing, amazing with those types of patients and more. Um, Steve Nice, another question. And Izzy has joined us too. Great <laughs> um, Kurzweil predicted it would occur by 2029. He said you'd be able to talk with the computer for an hour and not be able to tell that it isn't human. 
God. And a robot will be able to repair itself and duplicate itself. Oh my God. Um, listen, 2029? I'm going to be young by the. Uh, God, that's not. That's not oh. We've got both dogs up here. Oh, we're getting all the dogs in. We must. It must this be time to go. This one's Scrappy. Scrappy says hello. This is Kelly's dog. Um, to Bimphothymine. Thanks, Brooke. We got that from Brooke too. And, okay. And hold on. We just got There's a lot Todd. of these. Y'all, this is Todd. We're just getting all of it, all of it in here. Um, two. We've been getting some great, uh, great comments. Coal miner's daughter. I'm gonna learn that song in, in my key, and I'm gonna sing it for you because I, I need to know that. I can't believe that's not part of my repertoire. I, I feel like I failed you. Um, but two, um, awesome. God, we've got, awesome, awesome. and two, we've had a great show today. Um, Brooke is in the Jesus. Brooke, we're so lucky to have you. We're so lucky with all of our practitioners, Brooke and the red house, Pratik and Amber and dad and the white house and King sports Johnson city crew is me and Fran with a Thursday with Pratik Knoxville crew is Robin Riddle and Margo over in Fountain City and Bristol crew is Jill. We've got some really good people. And then Todd too. If you ever just seen a little love-a-dove, you never need to pick me up, come to this guy. How are those dogs doing over there? Have they gotten their haircuts? They're are great. They uh, not recently. No. Are they still eating uh, spatulas and furniture? and? Yeah, uh, they chew a lot of stuff. Yeah, you a lot of stuff. That's yeah. okay. Todd is over here. Todd actually likes to read fiction. He sips high tea at three o'clock every day. He does doggy yoga. He's a little bit more. I don't want to say he's a little bit more sophisticated. Have you ever done? I know you do a lot of yoga. Have you ever done goat yoga? No, I've never done goat yoga. I've, I've heard it's awesome. Yeah, there's a yeah. great yoga studio too. Um, Vita Hot Yoga or Vidya. Hot Yoga is opening up downtown. It's already open and soft opening, but a hard opening official is going to be April 27th, a Thursday in Johnson City. That yoga studio is the bomb. I can't, it's a spiritual place. It is amazing. You need to go. We'll be there for the grand opening. They're doing a lot of stuff there, but go check it out. I feel like if you have, if I had to choose one exercise, it's yoga. Y'all, we're, we're at our hour. We're right at 58 minutes. We've had such unbelievable comments today. Thank you all so much for your Andy, you've been really good. I may have to, you, you may need to replace me on the show. You're, you're really good. No. Go, hey, about it. Listen, but people always want to see the big guys. So no, I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm only here. Um, I'm only here for uh, as needed. Would you agree to come in at another date? Um, I'll come in at another date, but I'm only coming in with a piano and a song. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're learning piano. Yeah. You can sing yeah. for us next time. It's I'll been say. fun. Thank you so much for filling in. Um, ben will be back from Italy this week, so he'll be back on next Tuesday. So think of some good questions and uh, just don't make them too hard, okay? <laughs> Softball questions. Softballs. Everyone, have a great evening. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much and t keep tuning in. Spread the good news. Don't go away. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.